0: next year the saints are you know they've been sitting on their hands and you know or or twiddling their thumbs or whatever metaphor you want to use and they just have not done you know anything really to inspire much confidence
1: the offseason is underway for most teams around the nfl even teams who just lost in the wildcard round of the playoffs but not so much for the saints who continue to stand idly by twiddle their thumbs in no real rush to do anything yet we'll have thoughts on that here coming up next including sean payton watch and the senior bowl but first and foremost it's the saints wire podcast welcome to the show it's great to have you with us i'm ryan O'Deary. i'm joined as always by john sigler the managing editor of usa today's saints wire right off the top john my condolences. I know you must be very broken up about Tom Brady's performance on Monday night. Uh, I know you're very torn up about how that buck season ended.
0: Man, you know, it really kept me up all night. I, I just couldn't get off of Twitter. I, I, just, I just had to get those thoughts of uh, con- condolences off and grieving and... Uh... It just really, really tore me up inside. Yeah.
1: <laughs> For some reason, you're one of the first people I thought about after the game. I'm like, John must be loving this right
0: now. Oh yeah, uh, dude! I was taking a victory lap from his first interception. Like, <laughs> was uh, so I was, I was like, was I told so y'all, bad. I've been telling y'all, he he he's washed up. He can't do it. He he, he doesn't have it like that no more. And um, it it, it was fun. You know, I, I never enjoy seeing the Cowboys win. Uh, but I, I do enjoy seeing the Bucks and Tom Brady lose. that definitely uh, put put a pep in my step the following day.
1: Yes, I know. Uh, and, and you know, as a Patriots <laughs> as a Patriots fan, uh, it was painful. It was, it's just painful to see Tom uh, going out like that, dude. You could have went out on top with the Super Bowl. That would have yeah. been so badass, man. Uh, but now, who and knows? Right? If I'm right? Tom
0: Brady, nobody would have seen me. The, 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 the last time I would have been seen in public is uh, throwing the the, the Lombardi <laughs> yes, Trophy yes. over the water. <laughs> And yeah, just would have just would have uh, rid, ridden a jet ski off into the sunset. Nobody would have ever seen me again. Not
1: one so. hundred percent. Yeah, but now you know Brady's likely moving on either to the broadcast booth or some other team or whatever. They're likely going to fire Byron Leftwich over there, making changes. John, who are they going to trot out at quarterback? Kyle Trask or something like? Oh, the Bucks. I mean, they look like they're in for a redo here. Um, so that means zero excuses for the Saints in the NFC South next year. Zero, absolutely zero. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, this division, hey, it was wide open this year. You know, look, after the Bucks lost that playoff game, every single team in the NFC South ended this year with 10 losses. Like, it, it was wide open this year. It's going to be wide open again next year. The Saints have got to nail this offseason so that they can be competitive and have a shot at taking back that division title.
1: We have a lot we're going to get to on the show. Uh, this week, including you know, we're going to start with Sean Payton. Watch the latest there, John, our, our favorite topic. We're going to we're going to hit that right oh, off the okay. bat. We're also going to talk senior bowl here coming up next. Uh, the One, the main development right now, since we talked last with Sean Payton, John, is uh, Jim Harbaugh, right? Jim Harbaugh announcing that he's staying put. Uh, what does that mean for the Sean Payton market? Because basically now Sean Payton, who I would imagine has to be the number one guy on any team's list because. He won a Super Bowl. He's offensive minded. He does, you know, he does all that thing. He's he's obviously got some chops in, in the front office, you know, working hand in hand with his buddy Mickey Loomis. Right. I mean, I don't know what franchise Broncos or otherwise Carolina. What franchise wouldn't want Sean Payton? He's got to be the number one guy. What's it mean now with Jim Harbaugh out? Does it mean anything for what does it mean for the Saints?
0: Well, it's great for Sean Payton because that takes his top competitor off the board here. Where you know Harbaugh was a heavy favorite for the Broncos' job, now he's out of the picture. Uh, like, like you said, this put Sean Payton alone at the top, and so he's going to have these other teams. I, I think they're going to be redoubling their efforts to recruit him and try to hire him. And that's good for that's good for Payton's uh, contract negotiations. That that's, that's kind of the phase we're at now, where he, he he's trying to see which teams are serious, how serious they are, and you know, to be frank, w- w- whether they've got it like that to to uh, pay him what he wants. And that, to me, that would have to be, you know, uh, the highest-paid coach in the NFL, it, it, or, or at least, you know, the third, fourth, or fifth. So it's going to—it's it's finding a team that's going to pay him fifteen to twenty million dollars a year to coach their team. And I kind of wonder who ha, who, who uh, has the gumption for that. So. Yeah, t- taking Harbaugh out of play, that, that helps Peyton's leverage in, in these talks. And th- that's probably going to thin out the herd for the these serious uh, suitors here.
1: Yeah. When, and in terms of the Saints, I think it just it helps the Saints because it, it, m- it might bring Sean Payton. It might coax him out of uh, his like semi-retirement here sooner. Right, John? Not Maybe he won't go back to the broadcast booth. Maybe he won't wait till 2024. Uh, maybe the Saints can get this first round pick back. Right. So I think that's. Is that where the Saints kind of benefit from from maybe even Jim Harbaugh staying put in Michigan and him bowing out of the NFL head coaching races? Like maybe this ups the bidding war. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. You know what I mean? But maybe this has teams, you know, pining for Sean Payton's services, making him better offers in terms of contract, like you just said, and maybe that um, you know ups the ante a little bit and maybe puts the odds more in the Saints' favor to get some compensation this offseason when. Like you just said, it's a big offseason for the Saints and they need they could use a first round pick.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so I I don't know that this is going to make to improve the compensation that the Saints may get. But I do think it makes it more likely they get something this year as opposed to next year or nothing at all. If if this drags out even beyond 2024. So, you know, these teams are going to be more desperate now that now that they can't look at it anymore as well. If we can't get uh, Sean Payton, then we have. Um, Jim Harbaugh has a fallback plan that, that, that's that's not happening and so the I think they may get more desperate they, they may make more competitive offers to Peyton and they, they just may really uh, redouble their eff- efforts here to make make him their, their head coach and like you said that, that that's good for the Saints because they, they need that they need a first round pick this year they, they need more than that honestly uh, in order to retool this roster and get it where it needs to go.
1: So in terms of uh, the teams vying for Sean Payton, the teams most likely to uh, make him this, I mean, obviously the Broncos are, are a team that I've been paying attention to closely, John, because they have the richest ownership group in the NFL right now, and they could easily pay Sean Payton $20 million a year if that's what it'll take. So the yeah. Broncos are one. Uh, the Panthers uh, and certainly the Texans seem to be in the running. But some teams, we can uh, maybe we can eliminate some teams now. The Cardinals hired a GM. They just hired one, so uh, obviously Sean Payton didn't have a say in that, right? They they hired their general manager. Yeah. Will Sean Payton want to work with a guy that he's not, you know, as tight with as he was with Mickey over here? I, I don't know, right? So probably not. So it it almost seems to take maybe the Cardinals out of the equation now, and then the Chargers as well. Well, they're they're starting to eliminate some of their coaches. They they fired their offensive coordinator, so maybe that means Brandon Staley is going to resume his role there right so maybe the Chargers and Cardinals are are out is that fair to say
0: yeah so i think we can definitely rule the Chargers out here that they they have not verbally committed to Brandon Staley this year but i, I feel like they don't think they need to do that uh, like the, the only people questioning whether they would move off of him is everyone outside the building and, and literally everyone including Sean Payton has been saying hey Chargers uh, they hired this guy and they just don't want to do it so they're they're they're, they're broke i guess i don't know um, or broke and mediocre, whatever whatever it may be, um, they're they're gonna stick with Staley. Uh, I, ironically, many of the coach the coaches that have been dismissed from Staley's staff are those with sh- ties to Sean Payton when he was with the Saints. Um, their offensive coordinator, uh, Joe Lombardi, former Saints quarterbacks coach. Their linebackers coach, Michael Willahoyt, former special teams assistant for Sean Payton in, in New Orleans. So I, I don't know that Staley is deliberately purging his staff. <laughs> Of, of, of um Sean Payton loyalists, maybe. uh But that kind of seems to be the trend. Uh, to my knowledge, the, the last one left is their offensive line coach, Brendan Nugent, who came up in New Orleans under Payton as well. So that, that's kind of an interesting uh, wrinkle or subplot here or whatever you however you want to look at it. But I, I do feel confident that we can take the Chargers out of consideration for, for Payton this year. Um, as for the Cardinals, I, I wouldn't say it's a deal-breaker to for them to have hired Monty Austin for as their GM. Uh, but I do think the big appeal to that job is Peyton could have brought, you know, Kai Harley or Jeff Ireland with him as his general manager, should he have accepted it. And now that that's not an option for him, I feel like that does take some of the shine off of it. And, and he may be more, more, more compelled to view that situation as, um, levely as all the, as all the others here where where if he goes to carolina there's an established gm if he goes to denver there's an established gm houston is the same way so i, I think the cardinals are on the same uh, level playing field as the other teams now um, if not if not a bit further behind uh, because out of the four teams that have been given permission to interview Peyton, they're the only ones who have not scheduled an interview.
1: What, what you said about Brendan Staley purging uh, those coaches—I didn't even think about that, John. So it's <laughs> such a great point by you. Yeah, Brendan Nugent, uh, head on a swivel, my man. My, my goodness, uh, that yeah. is—that's a great point. Uh, and you know, speaking of like guys like Joe Lombardi and, and some of the moves the Chargers are making, uh, the Chargers just had their season end, John. Right. They're already making these changes and i i know that's going to be driving saints fans crazy and and from you know the stuff i see on twitter and stuff from from saints twitter i know it is uh mickey loomis and the saints are like what are, are they still on vacation or something they're still uh, you know, whatever they're doing they're, they're end of season um uh, what's the word i mean they're just they're cleansing right they're cleansing themselves of the season they're not ready to start making moves meanwhile the nfl continues to chug along uh, including every other team that's been done, but the saints continue to drag their feet. And I, I know like it annoys saints fans. I know it annoys you, John, to see teams like the chargers already making moves when they just had their season end literally last weekend. Uh, meanwhile, the saints are still kind of, uh, they're still kind of whistling along cleansing uh, not quite ready to get going yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It irritates me, man. Um, the, the, you know, it feels like we're not, we're not saints wire anymore. We're, we're Sean Payton wire. And the, that's all we talk about. And, and, and to, to me, there are so many more interesting things that I could be talking about every day and writing about every day. And I, I wish that we could just, you know, speed this process along. And look, I, I know what the Saints are doing. I, I know what what Mickey Loomis thinks he's doing in the message he's trying to send, uh, you know, based off what he what he's said last week in, in a couple radio spots and in his uh, end, end of year press conference. Um, they're trying to take the approach this, you know, logically and unemotionally and rationally and keep, keep calm about it and j- just put on the steady demeanor here and, and to, to avoid, you know, <clears throat> it looking like they're, they're in a panic or anything like this. That's the intention. That's not being delivered though, because what this looks like is that there's no sense of urgency, that there's no, you know, feeling of embarrassment that all of their fans have shared over the over the last uh, you know year <laughs> um, and that there there's just there's just too much patience like and and it's frustrating because you, you see teams that you know go one and done in the playoffs and immediately start making changes to make sure they'll be back in the playoffs next year that they can advance further next year. the Saints are you know they've been sitting on their hands and you know or, or twiddling their thumbs or whatever metaphor you want to use. And they just have not done, you know, anything really to inspire much confidence. You know, look, changes are going to come eventually, uh, but, you know, that that could be a few more days from now. That could be, you know, when we're having the same conversation next week. I, I I don't know. But right now, there's a, you know, there is kind of a panic within the fan base of crap. Is this who we are now? You know, are, are we going to be a um you know, a seven, eight, nine win team each year that that gets held back by, by by a bad coaching. Um, is this just is this our life now? And the Saints do not seem to share those same concerns. And I understand that you don't want to do that publicly and throw your guys under the bus and you know come out with egg on your face or whatever. Um, but you know you have to be in the business of winning football games and making winning decisions and you know show a sense of urgency and give. Fans a reason to believe that you care about this as much as they do.
1: Yeah, it's a great point. And, and fans are annoyed. And you know, I just you know wonder going back to you know the point of Sean Payton. Sean Payton Wire. You know, like USA <laughs> Today, they might want to do that. USA Today might want to do that, John. That there could be uh, lucrative uh, with the way Sean Payton goes around and going on Colin Cowherd and doing what he does. Uh, there yeah, could be I'll some value. That. Yeah, there could be some value there. Does the Sean Payton situation though have anything to do with the Saints' radio silence so far in the offseason, Right? Do you think that? Are they waiting for that shoe to drop? Does Mickey Loomis care about that? Should he be operating in that fashion? Does Sean Payton's thing here have anything to do with the Saints moving so slowly? In your opinion,
0: you know, I think it could be. Now, now, just to be clear about this, it's if 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 I were in Loomis's position, it would not. You know, I would compartmentalize these two things. I need to worry about the coaches we have under contract right now, the people we have in the building right now what we need to change, what we need to do, to do differently, how we need to retool to, you know, to be competitive next year. I don't care what this guy who quit on us a year ago is up to. Like, I need to focus on what's in front of me. And I don't know that that's where they are. And I think that it does make some sense to maybe prioritize things with Peyton and, and kind of wait on that. Uh, because, you know, you don't know who's going to leave with him. And if you have someone in your plans who's not going to be here because they have a better opportunity with Peyton in a different city, then you don't want to have to circle back and kind of, uh, you know, try and solve the same problem twice, if if, if that makes sense. So I, I could totally see that being the case. Now, as we talked about last week, the Saints, are they're not, they've are not they already said they're not going to allow any lateral moves from their staff to Sean Peyton's staff. So that means he cannot take... Um, uh, gosh, I don't know Lineback The linebackers coach with him to be his to be his new linebackers coach. You know he he cannot do that. Um, however, that does not apply to coaches with the the co title like co defensive coordinators Chris Richard and Ryan Nielsen. Either of those two guys could leave on and join his staff as his new defensive coordinator uh, without and there's nothing the Saints could really do to prevent that from happening. So yeah, I, I think more. I think. There is going to be a lot of movement whenever Peyton does, you know, accept a job and begin building his staff. And he's probably going to poach some guys from New Orleans, whether that means bringing, you know, some assistants into full time gigs or whatever it may be. And I think that Mickey Loomis may be waiting that out to see how it develops before making his own moves. My concern with that is, you know, there's a dozen teams that have already gotten started that are actively interviewing candidates, actively hiring people. Um. That you're missing out on because you're you're too caught up waiting for Peyton to you know do his thing, and that really concerns me about the direction of this team if that is a factor.
1: Yeah, Peyton continues to do his thing, John. He tells Colin Cowherd that uh, you know you know I figure I talked to Mickey. I figure the projected compensation it'll probably be mid to late first round <laughs> pick. You know I yeah. just I found that hilarious that he said that. Uh, but also very candid of him. Yes, yes, yes of course. Yeah, he, he's always with the candor. Sean Payton. But you know what? That feels about right, doesn't it? Mid to late first round pick. I think Saints fans should be, you know, the ones not getting kind of nutty and saying, oh, we want we want a top five pick or something, you know, and kind of getting crazy about it. Like we want that first Texans pick. Uh, Right. You know, I feel like mid to late first rounder this year. That's about right. That's that's about that's that's pretty good. I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad about that.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably realistic, and I know a lot. There's a lot of Saints fans who feel differently. Who feel like, oh, we need the second pick, we need the third pick, we we need uh, we need uh, two first round picks, and that's just not realistic, guys. It's not going to happen. Like that didn't happen for 20 years before the John Gruden trade, and it hasn't happened in the 20 years since then either. Like it's it's not going to happen. It's not realistic, and don't you know push all your chips in uh, hoping for it, and. Yeah. And, and by that same token, that, that Peyton quote on the herd the other day, um, <laughs> the for, it, it really kind of um, boggled my mind a bit here that for Sean Peyton to get to get on here and say, yeah, I just got done speaking with Mickey Loomis. And this is what the Saints are hoping. To, hope, or this is what I think the Saints are hoping to get back. And for so many fans to see that and read that and then say, oh, he doesn't know anything. Mickey wouldn't tell him anything. He's guessing and speculating and it's what he thinks, not what he knows. And guys, if you're you're listening, denial is no way to live. (laughs) Like like Peyton was being very clear about where this information is coming from, who told it to him um, and what it means. And, you know, don't, set your expectations so high that you're going to be left disappointed. And that's really all I can say at this point. So yeah, but back to your original point here, you know, if that's what the saints get for Peyton, like a trade built around a mid to late first rounder, I I think that would be fair. You know, I would need, you know, several picks on the second day of the draft in rounds two and three to kind of of tip the scales a bit there, balance it out, whatever, whatever you want to spend that as Um, I would need more, but If that first rounder is, you know, the basis, the foundation of a trade, I I think that would be fair value.
1: All right, folks, that's our portion of the show that's uh, devoted to Sean Payton. (laughs) So we're going to we're going to (laughs) morph from Sean Payton wire back to Saints wire uh, and get to our other uh, uh, agenda point for this week. And that is the senior bowl, John. I know you and some of our, our favorite Saints Wire uh, reporters, Maddie Hudak might be there. I'm hearing. I know Ross Jackson's going as well. So you guys are making a trip to the Senior Bowl. That's pretty exciting, right? Because the Senior Bowl is a big deal with the Saints. The Sa- you know when you look at, you were kind of rattling them off before we started uh, hitting record here for this week. Like generally, these these kids at the Senior Bowl are are guys that the Saints end up drafting <laughs> more often than yeah. not. It's 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 wild when you start rattling off the names, John.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Saints have drafted at least two players every year since 2015 from the Senior Bowl. Um, and sometimes it, it's been as many as three or four guys. You know, uh, 2015, j- just to go back a bit, Stephon Anthony, Haole Kikaha, Garrick Grayson was, part, was was one of their uh, picks from the Senior Bowl. Next year, Sheldon Rankins was somebody they fa- that they found at the Senior Bowl. And then, you know, Alex Anzalone in 2017, Marcus Davenport, Traquan Smith, Eric McCoy. Uh, um, you know, Zach Bond, Adam Troutman, you, you, even these undrafted guys like Carl Granderson, Calvin Throckmorton, who are playing pretty important roles for this team right now. But all of them are all of those are players that the Saints met with at the Senior Bowl. That's when they were introduced to them. That's when they got on their radar. Uh, even this past year, Trevor Penning, their first round pick, that was someone that, you know, really impressed at Senior Bowl practices. And that's that's where the Saints kind of caught on to him. Alante Taylor, DeMarco Jackson. Um, all these, these were all guys who were. Active at the Senior Bowl, um, showed the Saints something special and wound up being drafted by them a few months later. So this is where it really begins. You know, I, I know that we love to track like which games the Saints are, are sending scouts to during the college football season, and you know what we're doing um, as far as bowl games and all, all this. But this is this is really the start point here. And for a lot of uh, coaches and and position coaches, especially, this is when they get introduced to these draft prospects. And this is whenever they begin to make those connections that come into play, you know, uh, when when the draft kicks off in April.
1: Yeah, it's it's just, uh, it blows my mind when you start rattling off those names, John. It's just crazy how many, (laughs) uh, I hope that's a good way to do business. I know not everyone goes to the senior bowl (laughs) that's in the NFL draft, but uh, yeah, it's, it's wild. So what, what do you think? So you've covered the senior bowl uh, before John, correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been there three or four times now.
1: So, so give me just like a quick, you know, as when you're there as a reporter, like what's kind of the day to day for you uh, when you, you, know, as you, as you like to say boots on the ground in mobile, Alabama.
0: Well, the first big event is going to be Tuesday. That that's a media breakfast that they'll do with the coaches from, from the, the national team, the American team. And that's when we'll get the opportunity to, to kind of speak to these guys and see what's going on with their, their, with their staff, their expectations for the week, the, the, the prospects that they're going to be coaching and, um, you know, if you're lucky, you, you can get like some one-on-one time with some with someone who may, may not be getting catching as much attention as what, what some of the bigger names there. I, I, rem- I remember Dan Campbell got swarmed a few years ago uh, when when, he, when the Lions were coaching the Senior Bowl. But um, a- after that, uh, you, you know, so there, there's a luncheon with the players themselves. Uh, you'll get some more interview opportunities there, uh, and then the, the the real main draw is going to be at the uh practices there every for for those 3 days where you, where you'll have each team will will hit the field for a few hours and you'll you'll get to see players go through drills um hopefully not do you know 45 minutes of stretching like we've seen before <laughs> before um with uh, I, I believe it was the Gus Bradley Jaguars were were the ones who who were stretching for like or, or no it, it was either them or the Hugh Jackson uh, Browns who were stretching for like two thirds of their time that they were allotted out there. It was crazy. Um, yeah. So hopefully you'll get something you can learn from there, whether it's positional uh, drills or team, team drills or what, whatever it may be. Um, then there's on-field availability. I don't know how that's going to work this, this year um, with, co- with COVID uh, protocols in effect, that, that, that's been kind of a, a more distanced process. So we'll see how that works. Um, but that's another opportunity. You know, you, you can talk to the players and say, Hey, Hey, have you met with the saints? Have, have you spoken with anyone there? Um, what, what, what's your feel for that situation or wh- wh- whatever it may be. Um, or you could ask them about the players that they've been lining up with against in practice. So you'll, you'll do that for three days. And honestly, at that point, it kind of peters off for what, um, we're able to do as, 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 far as media with the event, because, you know, players, you know, after practice, they're meeting with teams, like they don't have time to get in front of cameras, um, except for, you know, a few very carefully curated events. Um, They'll they'll be busy meeting with teams and interviewing and exchanging contact information. And for them, this is kind of a job fair. So we we kind of try and stay out of their way in the evenings there. Um, And and then Friday is, uh, you know, in, in my typical schedule in the past is I would be there for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for these practice sessions and, and then you bounce uh, th- Thursday evening because Friday is really more about fan events and the kickoff party for the uh, for the for the Senior Bowl game itself on Saturday. So there's not really much to, to glean from there. Um, it's certainly it's it's a fun time. You know, look look if you're wanting to burn some time uh, and. <clears throat> and you know ha, 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 just have have a good time uh, check it out that friday and saturday it, 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 it's, it's a blast it's a really fun atmosphere uh, but as far as a media perspective that's whenever i'm really looking back over my notes for the week and trying to look back on what i've learned from this experience and how that should set up my expectations for the rest of the offseason
1: yeah john i gotta say the annual saints wire mock draft is going to be lit up this year, right? You guys are going to have oh, yeah. all kinds of inside information. It's going to be great. I can't wait for that article to come out. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be really fun to see uh, what you guys are working on for States wire while you're out there. And uh, we know, I know one storyline that you're going to be locked in on is Ronald Curry, right? He was just announced as the, um, an offensive coordinator for the senior bowl, which is kind of cool. He served as the passing game coordinator slash quarterbacks coach for the Saints, Right, John. And While we are waiting for the Saints to do anything, something uh, in the 2023 offseason, one of the things we're waiting on is offensive coordinator Uh, and Ronald Curry. It seemed, you know, reading from Ross Jackson's stuff on Saints Wire this week, it seems like, you know, Curry has been a guy that the team has been setting up to be an offensive coordinator, either for the Saints or maybe setting him up to be an offensive coordinator with another team. Right. What does this gig at the Senior Bowl mean for him?
0: Yeah, I think it's a great advancement opportunity for him. You know, Ronald Curry, uh, along with all the other uh, assistant coaches from around the NFL who who are going to be coaching at the Senior Bowl, he was nominated for this by the team. You know, the Saints view him as someone who's very important to them and what they're doing here, and they want him to have this opportunity to kind of gain more experience and advance himself a bit. And my personal conspiracy theory, you know, this entire time, going back to last year, whenever the Saints first announced that Pete Carmichael was coming back for, for this past season, my personal conspiracy theory was, okay, well, then they're only doing this knowing that Pete, you know, didn't want this job, that he was trying to step out of it. They only did this so that Pete can have it for a year and that he can kind of prepare Ronald Curry to be the uh, you know, the next offensive coordinator here, like he, he's going to be kind of coaching him up a little bit and showing showing him what to do, and and kind kind of showing him the ropes here a bit here, and get, getting him that experience as a play caller in in the preseason, and adding to his title of passing game coordinator, and having him play a bigger part in what the Saints are doing offensively. So it would not shock me at all. In in fact, that's kind of what I expect to happen: is is for Pete to step down or or be moved into a different role and for Ronald Curry to become the new O.C. in New Orleans. So th- th- that's my personal um, theory about how this is going to develop. Uh, but, but we will see. So if nothing else, having Curry in this position where he's coaching the players every day, he's co- as the O.C., he's working with multiple position groups every day, uh, that's going to give him a lot of insight in, into these draft prospects and how the Saints uh, build their scouting reports and how that informs their all season strategy so i I think this is a terrific opportunity for him and hopefully it leads to it leads to some career advancement because he certainly deserves it
1: you guys will be able to talk to him right john uh you'll be able to talk to curry you would i would imagine and and get some stuff on this so that'll be it'll be fun to see that develop that would be a big story if ronald curry becomes the offensive coordinator of the saints that would be that'd be a big one um you know maybe we could leave it here are there any players that you're looking forward to uh to, to talking to john like you know max duggan of tcu kind of became a star this year not not so much for how his team played against georgia but for the run they made uh beating michigan uh you know he's going to be there right uh, is there any players you're looking forward to uh watching or maybe even talking to for a potential article
0: yeah one guy i'm really looking forward to getting a closer look at is jake Hayner. he's a quarterback from fresno state um, he, he's one of the most prolific passers in the country over the last few years, and he, he's gutted out some some, in, some injuries and a lot of uh, change in his surrounding cast, and he has just continued to just make play after play as a passer, and he's really intriguing me as someone who could be a target in the mid rounds of the draft, who could, could be a, a nice um, you know developmental prospect for the Saints. So. Someone I'm really excited to get a closer look at. He, he's got a, he's got a live arm. He's, he 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 can make a ton of throws. He throws a very accurate football. That that's really important to me. And he doesn't really put it in harm's way. Uh, he 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 didn't throw a lot of interceptions. And I'm, I'm just really intrigued to see how he performs in this setting. So an- another guy I'm really excited for. Uh, that that and, you know the, he's familiar to a lot of Saints fans, a lot of New Orleanians. Uh, that's a two lane running back, Tajay Spears. Really excited for the, for this guy to have this opportunity. Um, he, he kind of willed Tulane to victory <laughs> over USC in, in the Cotton Bowl. And he has been a huge player for them. And I really hope the Saints can keep him in New Orleans because he's like the ideal complement to Alvin Kamara there in the backfield. And I would, I'm really eager to see how he performs a- against a heightened level of competition.
1: Yeah, Tulane. I've, I've heard that Maddie Hudak is a Tulane fan. Just, that's what, bit, that's yeah. what Twitter has told yeah. me, John
0: yeah she she's she she may have some favoritism <laughs> playing in there maybe. And, um
1: maybe yeah, like, she, yeah she and
0: ross are, may or may not be pulling pretty hard for spears as well I'll, I'll check <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah that's what i was thinking so yeah senior bowl in a couple weeks uh it's going saints wire will be there in the flesh get all kinds of stuff that's gonna be fun to see uh anything else going on with saints wire over the next week john leading into your trip uh you know are we back to sean payton watch are we waiting for a merciful end to Sean Payton watch? Like what else are you guys working on over the next week or so?
0: Yeah. So we're we're just really, you know, kind of doing what the Saints are. And we're just trying to hold steady and, you know, see how this Sh- Sean Payton uh, situation develops and whether it develops at all this year and what w- what's coming up next. So hopefully that will get resolved soon. And then we can talk about other things that more directly impact the team right now. So that's kind of we're kind of in a holding pattern a little bit. We're finishing up our 2022, uh, you know, recap and review, and re- laying the groundwork for the 2023 off season and where things go from here. But we're, we're caught in this this weird, you know, transition phase be- be- between, um, you know, the 2022 season and the 23 off season and free agency and draft and all this. So we're we're coming covering a lot of content from a lot of different angles, and we, we, we've we've got a ton to talk about with this team as always
1: that's john sigler check him out on saints wire and uh, we appreciate you all joining us for the podcast as always and uh, we will catch you next time